This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What is sectional density and ballistic coefficient? What do they mean? What do they matter? And more importantly, what do hunters need to know to make good bullet decisions? What is the bottom line? That and more on this episode. Welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about some big words and what they mean, and more importantly, what's the bottom line? We don't need You don't need to know how to do complex calculations and geometry, but what do you need to know about sectional density and ballistic coefficient? If we can break them down to their simplest terms to the simplest nuts and bolts of what do I do with these numbers that come printed on a box of ammo what what do we need to know about that so we're going to jump into that today first we're going to talk about sectional density probably the less understood of the two numbers sectional density is something that really makes a difference when it comes to picking the right bullets for different kinds of game particularly deer and larger size game. It really does matter. Uh, I've heard people say, throw around things on the internet and what they prefer and what they like more. And you can tell instantly they, they do not have even one iota of understanding on this subject. They, they have no clue whatsoever. And it's not hard to grasp. I'm going to break it down to you guys in the simplest terms. We're not going to cover complex geometry and math. Calculations don't really matter. What does it mean and how do we apply it? All right, so what is sectional density? Sectional density is basically a measurement of how much density an object has versus uh, what its diameter is or what its radius is. So think about it in terms of length versus width. 
um, assuming that the, the mass is the same. So for a bullet, which is the number one thing this calculation is, matters for what we're talking about, uh, a bullet that is longer and has more length for its given width is going to have more sectional density. It's a me it's a measure of the follow of the ability of a projectile to have follow through and penetration. So here is the the simplest and the best analogy I can give you. You've got two objects that are the same mass. All right. Say you have a nickel, right, a coin, and then you have a roofing nail. All right. Say they have the exact same mass, exact same number of grains. We measure bullets in grains. You can measure anything in grains. Say you have a nickel and a roofing nail. If you take a hammer and you hit the flat end of that roofing nail, it's going to take what? One, two, three strikes of that hammer to put that roofing nail straight through the wood into that roof. Through shingles, through tar paper, through wood, and seat it squarely in that roof. You take the nickel, lay it down flat on the roof. Hit it with the same intensity with that hammer two or three times. What's going to happen? Is that nickel going to go into the roof? Well, even though they have the same mass, they have different sectional densities. So you have a long object, which is the nail, that is very narrow, very thin, very small diameter. And when you hit it, the force, same amount of force is concentrated not just in a smaller head of the nail just not in a smaller point but it's elongated so that nail has more penetrating power than that nickel does the nickel has the exact same density the or excuse me the exact same mass the exact same number of grains same amount of weight right but it doesn't have the same penetrating power now you smash that nickel with the hammer you'll probably start breaking shingles and you'll start eroding and, and cracking and if you hit it enough times, busting roof material. But it will never have the same penetrating power as the nail has because its sectional density is so much higher. So when it comes to bullets, you know, the, the, the main things you can control when it comes to sectional densities, you can control the diameter, also known as the caliber, and you can control the length via the, the grains, via the weight, via the, the amount of lead or material that makes up that bullet. So, for example, you take a cartridge, it's 308, right? 308 Winchester, one of the most prevalent cartridges in the world, one of the most used. There's a lot of them out there. It's not necessarily the best, but there's a lot of them. Right, very often used for deer hunting, sometimes elk hunting, and you know, plenty of other things. Well, if you take a 308 bullet, which is a 30 caliber bullet, 30 caliber bullet, and they make them in all different weights, okay, all different, all different grains. So you might have a 147 grain bullet, that's a popular one. Uh, there's a lot of military loads and, and full metal jacket and target loads in that weight. You have a 147 grain 30 caliber bullet. Well, if you have a 180 grain 30 caliber bullet, it's the same diameter, right? It's still 30 caliber. It has to fit down the same sit fit down the same barrel. But that 180 grain 30 caliber bullet 
is going to have a higher sectional density because it's got the same diameter, but it's longer and the there's more mass spread out over, over more length. So it's going to have more penetrating power than the 147 caliber or 147 grain bullet. Say you take a 30-30 cartridge. 30-30 is also a 30 caliber bullet. It just typically moves slower and we'll get to this later, usually has much less much lower ballistic coefficient. But all things being equal, you just look at the the bullet, it's that same uh, same caliber, still 30 caliber, exact same diameter as a 308 or a 30 odd six, all 30, 30 caliber bullets. And that 3030 could have the same number of grains or more or less grains. It could have the same sectional density as a 308 or a 30 odd six, depending on what bullet you use. In fact, you can often use the same bullet for all three and many others. But the sectional density is a measure of length versus diameter, assuming that the material is, is homogenous. And for our case, for, for our purposes, we're just going to make that assumption. No, we've got lead, we've got lead jackets and we've got jacketed cores and so on, but that, you know, we're just going to set that aside now for the sake of, you know, that, that ends up being rounding error most of the time. Uh, the difference is so small in the sectional density equation. So you have this measure of density. Now, you need to think about this different than a lot of hunters think about it. A lot of hunters, and when I say a lot of hunters, I mean a lot of people on the internet. Their philosophy is they want to deliver as much damage, quote, damage, energy, quote, air quotes. I mean, you can't see them. I'm doing air quotes. They want to deliver as much energy into the deer to, to cause as much shock to kill the animal as fast as possible. All right, so we need, to, we need to break down a couple of things here. First of all, shock or shock value or, or blunt trauma or whatever, you, whatever it's called isn't a real thing. It's not really, a, it's not a real measurable thing that impacts the ability to take game. All right, so how do... We just, I don't have time, you know, I don't want this to be a two hour episode, so I'm just trying to give you, break it down to be as simple as possible. Take a 300 Winchester Magnum, okay? Massive cartridge, you're looking at 3,000 to 4,000 foot pounds of energy potentially. Could be more, could be less, right? Three to 4,000 foot pounds of energy at 30 yards, all right? Well, is that going to kill a deer? Yeah, that's more than enough power, okay? But take a bow and arrow, crossbow, vertical bow, doesn't matter. Take a, a crossbow arrow, for example. You might have uh, an arrow that is with the tip on it. It's maybe a 400 grain arrow versus that, uh, that Winchester Magnum cartridge. Maybe maybe using a 200 grain 150, 250, whatever, whatever you're, whatever you fancy. Well, that arrow, you can have anywhere between one, two, maybe 300 foot pounds of energy. Okay. Less than 10%, maybe 5% of the energy quote 
the energy that your 300 Winchester Magnum has. Which one is going to kill the deer faster? It's not a trick question. Which one? Well, it depends on shot placement, and it depends on the bullet, and it depends on the arrowhead. And Sure, sure. Say you shoot him in the exact same location with ideal arrow, with ideal bullet. Which one is, is going to work faster? Because I have seen deer drop in their tracks, not make it five feet after being shot with a 300 Winchester Magnum. I have also seen deer drop in their tracks and not walk five feet after being shot with a crossbow bolt that has, you know, 200 foot pounds of energy versus the 4,000 foot pounds of energy that the big Magnum rifle caliber. Both deer expired almost the same amount of time. They ran the same distance, which was zero. They died in the same amount of time, which was moments. How did this happen? Because the gun has so much more energy. What's well, because energy is not what kills. Energy is not what kills. Tissue destruction kills. But when it comes to killing deer, the number one thing that results in a quick, efficient, consistent, trackable kill is a double lung shot. You go through both lungs, in one side, out the other side. The reason this is the most efficient way to kill a deer, and pretty much any creature, is because of anatomy, not force. So the way that lungs work, lungs aren't pressurized, there's a diaphragm inside. And that diaphragm operates within a vacuum and that muscle stretches and contracts and because there's a vacuum in the chest cavity of a deer and any creature with lungs, it, it pulls those lungs, uh, expands them, which brings air into them and contracts. When you cut through that diaphragm, and you cut through that lung on both sides, you end up with what's called a sucking chest wound. Essentially, no vacuum can be formed inside the chest cavity of that animal. You've got air passing in and out both sides of the cavity. The lungs can't seal. The diaphragm can't seal. There's no vacuum. That animal will suffocate in minutes. And, and no matter how much adrenaline it has, it is not going to be able to run far because it is not able to breathe. It is not able to, to have respiration. And oftentimes, you know, deer can just collapse from panic. They don't even know what's happening. They can't breathe. They're afraid. They don't even know to run. People say, well, that's why you got to shoot a deer in the heart because it dies instantly. That is a misnomer and a, an old wives tale. I have seen deer shot straight through the heart, literally obliterated the heart. When you, once you finally recover, I mean, there was nothing left. It was just, it was just mush inside the animal. Run much further and faster and more nonchalantly than a deer shot through both lungs. Because a deer shot through the heart, it's on borrowed time. Of course, it's not going to survive. All it knows is that it hurts a lot. It does not feel the immediate difference. In fact, it has this surge of adrenaline and it can breathe just fine. 
it doesn't really know what's wrong. And, you know, a deer shot through the heart with a, a magnum rifle can still run one, two, three, four, five hundred yards sometimes, depending on how fast and how flat and, you know, all kind of factors. Whereas a deer shot through the lungs, it, no, it, it instantaneously begins to lose its ability and can lose its ability instantly to, to do anything. Plus, the blood trail from the lung shot is often much more than the heart shot. Like, well, the heart's the center of the blood and, and all the blood's in the... No, not all the blood's in the heart. But with the heart doesn't beat anymore, there's nothing to push blood out of the animal. Whereas, if it goes through the lungs, every time it tries to breathe, you have this... The lung tissue is... It's trying to expand. It's just fluttering. It's just spurting blood out both sides of the animal as it tries to run and figure out what's going on. It leaves a much more easy to follow blood trail if it goes far at all. So what you end up with is not only is the deer likely to run not as far, but it's more trackable and recoverable. So what is that? I'm, I'm bringing this all together. So a lot of people, they want a bullet that, quote, transfers all of its energy to the animal, end quote. In other words, the bullet goes in, it does all kind of damage, and it doesn't come out the other side. And people say that the best and most ideal way this can happen is it goes all the way through the animal, has complete penetration, and then, you know, hits the hide or hits the lung cavity on the far side, just an inch from coming out and gets stuck there and doesn't make it all the way through. So it, quote, transfers all of its energy into the animal as opposed to a bullet that goes through the animal, still has energy left, and it hits a tree or, or the ground or whatever, and then comes to rest after losing its last bit of energy um, in that tree. So people say, well, they want all of the energy transferred to the animal, as if energy kills. Because if energy killed, then the high-powered rifle would kill faster than the bow and arrow would every single time. But I have seen the bow and arrow kill faster than the high-powered rifle, especially if you're using a nice expandable broadhead that works correctly uh, and leaves massive 2-3 to three inch wound channel straight through the animal. Now, energy is not what kills. Damaging tissue and disrupting organ function is what kills. And in this case, we want to disrupt the organ function of the lungs. And you want that shot to go straight through the animal. Now, I will concede that, yes, you do want to transfer, quote, energy into the animal because energy destroys tissue. So you don't want to hunt a deer with a full metal jacket bullet because it's just going to leave this little tiny hole straight through and it's going to disrupt a minimum amount of tissue where that deer um, may be able to survive or survive longer than uh, an animal shot with an expanding bullet, which is why most, maybe even all states, it's illegal to hunt with a full metal jacket because it's less effective. So you want a good expanding bullet that will expand, that will destroy tissue, and that will leave a big exit wound. Not a, you don't need a crater 
You don't need a 300 Winchester Magnum to hunt a deer. In fact, I, I think it's folly. But you want it to, to leave this, you know, an exit hole on the other side. And you want it to disrupt a lot of tissue on the inside. So sectional density, we're bringing it full circle here. Sectional density is the bullet's ability, its density, its capability, its follow-through to be able to penetrate tissue and bone. So a bow and arrow has very little power, very little power, but its sectional density is incredibly high because you have, you know, a very low, small caliber projectile, but it's very long. So it has a lot of follow through and it's not trying to destroy tissue. It's cutting straight through tissue and it does this task exceptionally well. Whereas a bullet uh, is not as long, of course. Now it is denser. It is, it is more mass. Arrow is often hollow and so on. But a bullet, you know, made out of wood, whereas a bullet's made out of lead or copper. So the bullet has advantages in, in many ways and, of course, range. But energy is not what kills. So what you want for deer hunting is a bullet that has a high enough sectional density to make it through the animal and to come out the other side. When you hunt with a bullet that fragments upon impact, so say you have a very low sectional density. And I'll, I'll give you the one, the one or two numbers you need to know in a moment. But say your sectional density is very low. Say you're using you know, a varmint round, something that is uh, supposed to travel super fast, super, super low trajectory, hit on impact, and then disintegrate. Well, that works great in a fox. That works great in a coyote. That works great in all kinds of smaller game, but if it hits a deer or an elk, it may not have enough power to even puncture the lung. Because on impact with the flesh, with the tissue, with the muscle, it's going to begin to fragment and just scatter, and it's not going to be able to, to push its way through. And if you just puncture the lung, that's potentially a survivable wound. If it goes all the way through one lung, that deer is that animal's probably going to die, but the the distance it's going to be able to cover is going to make it difficult to recover. If you go in and out one lung and into the next lung, situation is similar. Um, does increase the probability of of dying faster uh, for certain. But if it comes out the other side of the second lung and you have a straight through hole, you have completely made it impossible for that animal to breathe. You, you, have, you have completely negated respiration. So that's as guaranteed as guaranteed as you can get and leave a blood trail. I mean, yeah, you, you, you take out the heart and then, you know, it's guaranteed, but you may not have a blood trail and it may run farther. So you want to have enough sectional density to make it through the animal. So some, some numbers. The number that you need, you don't need to know how to do the calculations. You don't need practice with the math. The, the number is basically the sectional density. It ends up being a decimal, um, you know, 0 0.2, 0 0.25, 0 0.3, somewhere in that range. Somewhere between 0.2 and 0.3 is where you mostly find it. So the number you need to know for deer hunting now, and we'll go, we'll scale this just for other examples, but the number for deer hunting is in the 240s. 
you want sectional density to be 2.4 something. 2.40, 2.41, 2.42, 2.49. That's sort of the sweet spot, somewhere in the 240s, in order to have enough sectional density to, to make it through the animal. Assuming, of course, an expanding projectile. All that's taken into account. So you want to be somewhere in the 240s. Now, yeah, is 239 going to work? Sure. Is 251 okay? Absolutely. If anything, higher is better. Uh, I would rather, excuse me, I would rather err on higher than lower. So you want to be in the 240 range, the 2.40 anything range, 2.41 to 2.49. And, you know, plus and minus a point or two is fine. But that's the sweet spot. So here's a real life example. Uh, we talked about 308 Winchester, 30 caliber bullet. Well, there's a lot of hunting bullets that people love that are on the 150 grain bullet. Well, 150 grain bullet is, uh, and I should have had the chart up in front of me right now, but I, I, I neglected the chart. I think it is somewhere in the neighborhood of 2.29 or 2.3, somewhere right around there. It is it is it is a fair portion short. So people like the 150 grain bullet. Why? Well, they say okay, it it goes faster with the same powder load. It has potentially flatter trajectory because it's going faster, and maybe it's more accurate in that gun. That could be legitimate, but they like that speed. They like that trajectory bonus. And for whatever reason, often, you know what it really is? First box ammo somebody took to the range was 150 grain and they thought it shot well enough for them. So now they're sold on it and they will fight the battle that 150 grain is the best there ever was for the next 30 years. Honest to gosh, that is usually what happens. The way people form some of these rock solid opinions is literally based on nothing but laziness and one thing that happened one time long in the past. Okay. But people will fight to the death. 150 grain is the best for deer. And they'll start citing things like, well, because it doesn't go all the way through. And I'm sitting there like, you don't even understand what you're trying to do or how, how you actually kill a deer. You, the, the best case scenario is it goes all the way through. So here's why this matters, okay? If your sectional density is too low, maybe a, you know, a perfect shot, it's probably going to work, okay? A perfect shot at the perfect range, you're probably going to be fine. You know, you, you can, perfect shot at the perfect range with a 223 is going to kill a deer pretty much every time. Right bullet, right distance, right shot. Sectional density is, is usually pitifully low, way well below the 240s. On a two-two-three, even with a you know sixty-three grain bullet or sixty-two grain bullet, which a lot of the quote deer bullets are, perfect shot, perfect range, that is going to work just fine. Okay, you know at fifty yards or hundred yards, perfect angle, you're good. Most hunters are not taking perfect shots. You know if that animal is quartering towards you or quartering away. And, you know, you, you, you've got some angle there going on. You could end up trying to shoot through twice as much tissue based on the angle. 
And if the sectional density is too low, that bullet could hit something, could hit a shoulder blade, could hit a rib bone at a weird angle. It has higher chance of fragmenting and deflecting. Fragmenting and deflecting. Okay? So a straight on shot, perfect shot with a, a, a two two three at 50 yards is probably going to work every time. But at 150 yards, at a bad angle, your chances of failure are significantly higher. Your chances of underpenetrating, fragmenting, ricochet, deflecting are much higher. Take that to 308. You're shooting a 150 grain bullet. At, at, at the right range, at the perfect angle, it's going to work fine every time. But when you begin to introduce other factors, the deer is at an angle. The deer's a little further than, than maybe is ideal for, for you to shoot. You're not shooting from a rest. You're shooting offhand. Maybe you don't, maybe you don't, you don't, you're not able to get the perfect shot. Maybe you, you, you wobble a little bit when you pull the trigger. Maybe you're excited. Maybe your heart's pumping a thousand miles an hour because it's a big deer or the first deer you've seen in two weeks. Whatever the case may be, you begin to introduce some of these less optimal scenarios and the chances of that bullet underpenetrating, fragmenting, or deflecting begin to rise. Take now you've got the 165 grain 308 30 caliber bullet. Its sectional density, I think, is 241 or 242, something like that. It's in the perfect zone. It's exactly what you want it to be. And that is going to give you most of the time, if not always, now it depends on, you know, what the bullet head is. If it's, um, you know, you, you could have a ballistic tip, you could have a flat nose. There's all different factors, but ideally it's going to go straight through every time. But if you're shooting at, you've got too much range or you've got a bad angle or you've got some wobble on your shot, you're going to be able to still make up for a lot of those factors because that bullet, even if it hits the shoulder blade at a bad angle, is more likely to penetrate through the shoulder blade and go right through the lungs as opposed to deflecting because it has more density. The density of that bullet is properly weighted to break through to flesh and tissue and bone as opposed to potentially fragmenting or deflecting. So your chances are better. Now you have a 30-30, which is a less powerful round, but you could, they've got 30-30s and 150 grain and 165 grain. And you have the, the exact same situation. Now you've got less power than a 308 has, but think about it. Okay, well that's just, a 3030 has the same amount of power that a 308 has at just a little further range. The sectional density matters more than the power. It's not that big of a deal. Now, if you're shooting at three, 400 yards, then it matters a lot more. But if you most deer are taken inside of 100 yards, most are taken inside of 50 yards. So at 50 yards, it doesn't matter. There's no benefit to the 308 over the 3030. What matters is the sectional density of the bullet more than anything else. 
So you've got a section, you've got a 100 or 165 grain bullet for a 3030, has the same sectional density as a 165 grain bullet for a 308. In fact, literally, you can put the same bullet in either cartridge most of the time. So that sectional density is what matters. Now you can go higher, and that's okay, but going lower, you increase your risk factors. Okay, so you've got other cartridges like the 243 Winchester. Much, much smaller diameter than a 3030, or excuse me, than a 308. Smaller diameter, less power, but more velocity, much of the, depending on the load. But because it's smaller diameter, you need less mass to have the same sectional density. So I think it's a 105 grain, and you know, I might be off by a couple grains, but you know, check your ballistic chart. Somewhere around 105 grain bullet for a 243 is going to give you a 2.42 sectional density. So you can have the same sectional density in a 105 grain bullet with a 243 that you would have in a 165 grain bullet with a 30 caliber. And you're going to have that same uh, uh, ability to penetrate, to break bone and tissue. Because power isn't what kills. Destroying tissue and penetrating through the lungs and creating a sucking chest wound is what kills. And I got news for you. Even that 243 is still going to have a lot more power than that bow and arrow. But it's not going to have more or less killing ability. So... Uh, you need to have sectional density for your caliber that's in the 240s for hunting deer. Now, say you want to go higher say, or bigger. You want, to, you want to hunt elk or you want to hunt moose. Well, you want higher sectional density. Now, something for the 240s can be okay to hunt elk with at short range, at the right angle, uh, with all the factors being ideal. But it'd be better to get higher, to get into the 250s, to get into the 260s. Somewhere in the 260s or 270s even would be better for hunting elk, especially for hunting moose. Because you have a lot more animal, you have bigger bones, you've got more tissue, and you want to be able to get enough penetration with an expanding tip projectile. So can you use a 150 grain 30 caliber bullet to hunt a, a moose with? Sure. Will it kill it? It may. Absolutely. At the right angle, at the right range, all factors being equal and perfect, you have a good chance. And of course, your penetration is always better chance at very short range. But usually, elk and moose are hunted at, high, at further range than a white-tailed deer is. So whereas a deer, you might average a 50-yard shot. An elk or a moose, you might average a 200-yard shot. You know, So you're going to have less power at that distance. So you have to have. You, you, you lose the, the benefit of the short-range power boost that you get to a, a, a less ideal bullet. So you have to have enough density to even at a couple hundred yards be able to make it through a lot of tissue and make it through bones and to make it out ideally the other side. Now there's a lot more to it, bullet design, bullet type, uh, so forth and so on. I did an episode about that a ways back. You can go back and find that episode of different types of bullets. 
but sectional density applies to any and all types of bullets. So you, you need to know about both, but we're only covering this one here. So you need to have enough section. Now, if say you're hunting dangerous game, you're hunting Cape Buffalo or lions or, you know, something that if you miss or if the bullet doesn't kill the animal, it may kill you. The animal, that is, not the bullet, of course. So you need even more sectional density because you may be shooting through a much larger animal, maybe one that's charging at you, and you need to absolutely guarantee that bullet's going to get enough penetration to stop that animal before that animal gets to you. So you want to get up above the 300s or the three or the .30 mark. You know, 240s is great for whitetail. 250s, 260s, 270s, good for elk up to moose. But if you're hunting Cape Buffalo or if you're hunting a lion or something, you want to have over 300. You want to be over the three mark to guarantee that penetration and you don't have deflection trying to shoot through the skull of a charging buffalo that is about to gore you. Uh, And I don't recommend you're hunting those guys anyway. And new hunters, probably that's irrelevant. But for your internet jousting, now you know that. So that's that's how that comes into play. That's how that how it matters. That's you know people talk about well you know you can kill a deer with any caliber if you just shoot them in the head. That is an absolutely ridiculous and irresponsible shot to take to shoot a deer in the head or in the neck. Here's why: perfect shot will it kill a deer? Yes, but there's a lot of opportunity for imperfect shot. You're off by two inches. Instead of hitting a deer's tiny little brain, you knock their jaw off. You just blow the jaw right off a deer. Well, is that deer going to die? Yeah. Three, four, five, six days later, a horrible, terrible, slow and painful death. You shoot that deer in the neck. You know, you know how big that spinal cord is? How big that windpipe is? I mean, you're trying to hit a garden hose at 100 yards. If you hit it, is it going to kill that deer almost instantly? Probably. But the chances of missing that garden hose at 100 years or 100 yards are huge. There, you should never take that shot because you're going to wound that deer in the neck. You're going to wound more deer than you're going you're gonna to take, most likely. You ought not take those shots. You want to shoot at the lungs at the biggest most guaranteed target, have the best chance of recovery, cause the least amount of suffering, the fastest end for the animal. And sectional density matters for those things. So you're a new hunter. What do you need to know about sectional density? You want it to be in the 240s for deer. You want it to be higher for bigger game. For smaller game, you want it to be lower. You know, if the bullet goes right through a coyote, and have, you know, just cuts right through it like a knife through butter, that's actually not advantageous. You are, you are better with a sex, lower sectional density that is going to expand more, that is going to fragment, because those animals are much more fragile. So that is more advantageous for a smaller animal. Uh, but say you're hunting you know, big wild hogs. You know, a little more sexual density might help you there because you might be having to penetrate through armor. So, you know, you you have to you just have to look at and weigh out the game. Then you can Google 
you know, ideal sectional densities for different kinds of games. You can find charts and graphs and all that, and that, that can help you for hunting other things. Now, if you if the only thing you're interested in is ballistic coefficient, I'm I'm sorry to make you have to sit through all of that, but there's a lot less to say about ballistic coefficient. Okay, ballistic coefficient is essentially um, the efficient, the aerodynamic efficiency of a bullet. The higher the ballistic coefficient, the lower the aerodynamic drag, which basically means that the further you shoot you're going to have slower or less drop at the same distances over a bullet with a, uh, with a poor ballistic coefficient. So, for example, 30-30 Winchester, one of the most prominent historic deer hunting calibers of all time. Historically, has always been known as a short-range rifle. It's been known as a 100 yards or less rifle because it is lever-action rifle, that is cylinder fed. So the bullets are in the mag the cylinder magazine and the head of one bullet is on the primary of the next bullet. So the bullet tips have to be flat. They can't be pointed because they could set off the next bullet in line. You know, when you take a shot or if you drop the rifle, there's danger there. So you have flat nose bullets. Well, a flat nose bullet is not very aerodynamic. So if you have a flat nose bullet, it, it is, it, it, you know, it is like a brick flying through the air. Okay, so you're gonna have, you're gonna lose a lot of speed faster, and you're gonna lose a lot of drop over time. So beyond a hundred yards, you start having a lot more drop and a lot less power. Well, recently, well, not recently, but within the last couple decades, they have released uh, ballistic tip thirty thirty bullets. Um, that have much better aerodynamics, much higher ballistic coefficient. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but typically ballistic coefficients are somewhere in the in the in the range of um, 100. I guess it's 0 0.1 to, to 0 0.5, or 100 to 500. Now there are some that are higher than 500. Of course, you've got six and seven hundreds and super efficient bullets and. There may be some that are even less than 100. But, you know, the difference between going from 150 to 350 is significant. Uh, and what this has done for the 3030 is these bullets, which are much more efficient. And, of course, it was a low bar because it was one of the least efficient bullets, period. So if you take the least efficient bullet and you bring it to the average level, well, you've changed the game for that gun. Now that it's taken the 3030 from basically a 100 yards or less gun to a 200 yard gun, maybe 250 even if you have a long barrel and you get a little more velocity. Not that I would shoot something at 250 yards with a 3030 because they are not known for their excellent triggers, but you have a lot more options. So your bullet drop now at 150 or 200 yards is going to be much more manageable. Your bullet's going to be moving faster. Your bullet is going to have more impact and more energy once it, it reaches the target. So if you have a bullet with the right sectional density, your chances of making it through the target are much higher. Now what the new hunters need to know about ballistic coefficient? Almost nothing. Almost nothing. You really don't need to know much about it. Because uh, most hunters are hunting within 100 yards. And within 100 yards, 
Ballistic coefficient means basically nothing to you. If you're target shooting at 500 yards, if you're hunting elk at 500-600 yards, then yeah, ballistic coefficient matters. You need, to, you need to think about that. You need to study up on that. You need to, to look at those numbers. The difference between a .4 and a .5 bullet could be substantial. You could be talking at you know a couple inches drop difference at a couple hundred yards. But most hunters, new hunters especially, are hunting within 100 yards. So 95% maybe of, of the people listening to this, it, ballistic coefficient means nothing for you. You don't need to worry about it. You don't need to think about it. You don't need to read it on the box. Oh yeah, they're going to try to sell you and sell you more expensive ammo by showing you that little chart and you know what the bullet drop is at 2 and 3 and 4 and 500 yards. But it's really unlikely you're ever going to be shooting at that range. I mean, really unlikely. A new hunters, maybe somewhere down the road. And if somewhere down the road you get to that point where you are hunting something like elk at three, four, five hundred yards, then you know we we may do another episode on just that down the road. But right now, new hunters, you really don't need to know anything about ballistic coefficient because it doesn't really matter within a hundred yards. The difference is is not enough. There's not enough difference to make a difference. You know, okay, yeah, maybe your your drop off at 100 yards on a 50 yard zero is a, you know a half inch difference. Irrelevant hunting a deer. Irrelevant hunting um, basically anything. You don't really need to know about ballistic coefficient for most hunters, which means you don't need to buy a lot of the high expensive, well marketed ammo if you have the right sectional density and you have a good expanding projectile that's all that matters if it's a $15 box of ammo or a $30 box of ammo at short range it as long as it shoots good in your rifle as long as you have accuracy that you're comfortable with that's really it you know now if you're going to be shooting at much farther ranges then yeah you need to invest more you need to do more math you need to to look at these kind of things a little deeper but sectional density matters a lot more than ballistic coefficient for the new hunter it really does and most of your mid-grade ammo i mean just anything other than the cheapest bottom of the of the rung stuff is gonna have more than reasonable ballistic coefficient in fact, even a lot of the bottom of the barrel stuff. There, there's really not... If you went to your big box store, there really isn't garbage ammo anymore for deer hunting. They're really... I mean, there's just... They're just they don't really make stuff like that anymore. There's not even a market for it. You know, your, your bottom of the barrel garbage ammo, quote, is going to be your Winchester white box or it's going to be your, your Remington core locked ammo which is going to be often the cheapest stuff that's out there well 30 40 years ago that was cutting edge that was the best of the best that that changed the industry and now it's the cheap stuff well that's that's all that's that's more than what you need for deer hunting most of the time so it's hard to make a mistake when it comes to buying ammo and, and ballistic coefficient, what you can make mistakes on is not getting the right sectional density for what you plan to hunt, which is a lot of the reason why they make the same ammo with four different bullet grains, you know, same box, but we got all these different grains is because you may use that ammo to hunt different things. 
And of course, some some grain, some different bullet weights may may shoot different in some guns. So you want some options for accuracy and so on. But the main reason is you may want to use this bullet for hunting coyotes. You may want to use this this grain with this sectional density for deer, and you might want to use this grain with this sectional density for hunting elk. So they give you options. And that's really the number one thing to look at. So I hope that's helpful. Head to the website, newhuntersguide.com. Leave some feedback. Leave some info. Let me know uh, if this was informative. Let me know what you'd be interested in hearing more about in the future. Let me know if this podcast has helped you. Love getting feedback. Love help getting things that will shape future episodes and stuff. So appreciate you guys. God bless you. And go get them in the woods.